0: I will humbly admit that my goal to complete Ice Age was, it was for me, it was not to prove a point. Yeah, I've done podcasts, I've been on NPR and ESPN and like all of those things, which again it is a me focus, but the coolest thing that came out of it was the impact that it had on 8 to 12 year old girls.
1: Hey Paceritos, welcome back to the Cream City Pacers podcast. I'm your host, Alex Main, and this is your local show for running inspiration. Today we had the honor of sitting down with Annie Weiss. Annie is most notably known for holding the record for the fastest known time for running the entire 1200 mile Ice Age Trail. 1200 mile ice age trail and get this she did it in only 21 days absolutely insane it's so impressive and annie's resume is stacked she's run the leadville 100 twice she's run the black cannon 100k she's glided through a few boston marathons and the new york marathon and this year she ran Badwater, competed in the ccc and recently cruised through the berlin marathon you would think someone like this was a born runner but for annie it's something that she picked up in college after she was done with soccer it's incredibly inspiring to hear her talk about how fast she thought a 13 minute mile once was to now seeing what she has accomplished i hope you guys enjoyed today's show i know i did and if you do please go out and leave us a review on apple and i ask that you share with one friend that you know hasn't listened to the show this episode is brought to you by our sponsors at Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch. Mimosa is located on 27th and Ryan and has not only been voted the best brunch spot in Milwaukee, but they are all about community, a healthy relationship with yourself and the environment. Stop in any Wednesday and pay your bill after 12 p.m., and 10% of your bill will go to a local charity. Also, stay tuned. A new location is opening up in Brookfield. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this episode, it may already be. Be open. Now, without further ado, on to the show. It's good to be back in the studio for another Cream City Pacers episode. Annie, welcome
0: to the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Can you believe that it's been just over a year since you ran the Ice Age Trail?
0: No, it feels like it was three, four, five years ago at this point, to be honest. Well,
1: you ran, okay, so you are known, you hold the fastest known time for running the Ice Age Trail, which is just over 11, 1200 miles. Mm-hmm. You have an exact number on that?
0: It it's oh uh, no, we always go to say it's twelve hundred miles, but it's like 1,157, okay. 1,167, right in there.
1: Twelve yeah. hundred's easier to say.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so last year you set out to uh break the record for the fastest time to run the Ice Age Trail. And you did that. And we're gonna get in that too in a minute, but <laughs> I I can't believe it was it was a year ago. No, so I when it either. was in September.
0: Yep. September 8th, we started last year and finished September 30th.
1: 21 days. 21 days. That's awesome. <laughs> you going to do it again?
0: Uh, maybe eventually. I was uh, I was with a Girls on the Run group on Monday talking to them about my experience. And I told one of them to make sure to break my record. And then I would go back and I could break it again. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. They but- were third graders, so I have some time.
1: You probably have a few years before (laughs) one of them will attempt that. probably. (laughs) So getting to that point isn't an overnight thing. So let's go back to the start. How did you get into running?
0: Um, So I got into running... It was about 2009 when I had been working out at the gym, just regular workouts. I would elliptical. Um, maybe I would hop on a treadmill time and again, or I would bike regularly. Um, and I kind of got sick of being at the gym and was like, hmm, maybe it was a nice spring day. And I said, maybe I'll just go outside for a run. And it was, I i don't remember how long it was. I can remember I had a cotton t-shirt on. I had soccer shorts on and just regular old athletic shoes that have probably had no place being worn for running whatsoever. And um, I really enjoyed it. The weather was really nice. And again, I maybe I did two miles, maybe I did five miles. I have no idea. Um, and I decided to just kind of keep that up. Um, I had no idea how fast I was running, um, nothing. And so it was maybe within the next two weeks I said, well, I think it's sometimes in my lifetime I want to do a half marathon. And I really had no other bucket list goals at that point. So I thought, well, I guess I better get started on my one goal of my lifetime. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, okay. So I started exploring and I found the Oshkosh Half Marathon, which was in May. And someone at the gym I was going to, who I knew did triathlons and duathlons, she said she would just write up a little quick four or five week plan because that's about how long it was until the half marathon. And I was like, okay, sounds great. And it was all in minutes. And I just followed her little Excel spreadsheet. And I think my longest run was maybe, maybe 80 some odd minutes, if I can remember correctly. And I went and did the Oshkosh half marathon. I don't remember what my final time was, but I ended up getting an age group award, which without knowing it, I thought was like, the coolest thing in the entire world to get an age group award, award. I had no idea that it was an age group award. I just knew I was getting a prize. That's <laughs> so I know I was like, this is so cool. And I just kind of took off from there. And my half marathon time got uh, very fast. I ended up just starting marathoning. And it just 2009 was when it just started for me.
1: Was that all like half marathon to marathon all within like one year?
0: Yeah, so I did my first half marathon in spring of 2009 and my first marathon in January of 2010.
1: So it all came together, together pretty quickly. Pretty
0: quickly, yeah. I mean, I was doing some 5Ks and 10Ks just to kind of fill in there, but um, I've always really liked the added distance. Um, it's it's pretty cool, and it went to, to ultra running by 2011.
1: <laughs> so within a few short years, yeah. <laughs> you got the bug, too. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, running a half marathon is crazy in itself. Mm-hmm. And you, that was your bucket gold dream at the time, right? Yeah. To becoming an ultra runner in a few short years. Uh, what, what do you think clicked for you to want to do that? I mean, a lot of people say addictive personality or something gets yeah, you into right. ultra. Like, did something. you have that with other things that you replaced or well, did like running fill a void?
0: It, it probably did fill a void at that time. Like when I think back and I think really hard about it, I started running in college Um, I probably, it was, I think around my third year of college when I was just, I had no path. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Relationships were all over the place. And it was just like, what am I doing with myself? And, um, I finally decided on a career path that I still am kind of like, oh, I could probably do something different if I, you know, if I wanted to go back to school. And so I'm not completely hooked on that. And, uh, running just became the one thing that was really steady in my life, which was, Which was really nice, but it also, you know, at some point down the road, you end up with injuries or you don't know how you're training. And because I was a newbie, I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never done cross country. I'd never done track. I really had no guidance with it at all. Did
1: you have any friends that were runners?
0: Um, not when I started in college. I was by myself, which it was a good way to isolate. It was a good way to kind of be away from everything and by myself, which I really, I still to this day enjoy doing. Um... And then as I, uh, I, I remember doing in 2010, I did um, the Lake Country Half Marathon and I, I ran a 126 and Trey with Performance Running Outfitters was at the finish line and he, can, he approached me and said, do you want to be on our team? And I was like, heck yeah, I want to be on your team. <laughs> sure. Who are you again? <laughs> and it was, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, I'll be on any team in the world. And I met people that way. Uh, which was really, really cool. I um, I then carpooled with other pro runners to the Lakefront Marathon, and I just got involved with the pro team. Um, and I started making friends that way. And so we started running in the mornings or the evenings and stuff like that. So that was really my way to meeting people.
1: Yeah, and then once you start having running buddies, like running becomes so much better.
0: It's totally different.
1: It goes by so quick.
0: Yeah, it's totally different. I mean, it's nice to have your time alone, but when you have it with with people, with, whether they're friends or their competitors or people that you're just training with, you start to get better. You start to, uh, the time passes by, you know, you have a five mile run and it seems like 20 minutes and then you're done. And it's not, it, it could be an hour and it just goes by so quickly.
1: Yeah, I know. I couldn't agree more. So you, in a few short years, you're now running ultras. Mm-hmm. How was that? You're just like, you know what? I love running. I love being out here. Or was it, Did you get introduced to like trails and that's kind of what opened your eyes to that
0: so for me when i started running um in 09 everything was really great in 2010 um i had qualified that fall for boston and by 2011 i kind of got probably a little bit more of the addiction bug than i should have um i had boston and then i decided a couple weeks later i would do a 38 mile night run I was going to do Ice Age 50K, and I was going to do Ragnar Relay, all within like a six-week period. And I ended up with injuries, uh, like it was unreal. I had, um, I had strains in both glutes. I had things going on in my tibia, it both tibia. It was, Ugh. it was just, it was awful. But I kept, I, I didn't want to stop because I was like, I have these dreams of road racing and road racing, and it's the greatest thing, and I... I found that I was in less pain on the trails, and I also really like the community of trail runners. They are such kind people. Um, They like to have food and drink after their runs. Like it's just this big. It's just I don't want to say it's a big party, but it's a really big community of um, big-hearted people. Um, So that really, I want to say the Ice Age Fifty K was the first ultra I did in 2011, and. Um, I had to take some time off in 2012 and by, and 13, uh, but by 2014, I started getting back to it and made the decision, okay, I think I'm going to do trail running at this point. And in there in 20, end of 2011 to middle of 2014, I was either injured or I was really trying to push breaking the three hour marathon mark and neither, it was just a bad situation. It was injury was always taking over, but my mind wanted to. Break the three-hour mark and so I kind of I stopped really enjoying road racing. It just wasn't fun anymore
1: Yeah, do you see that same like mind battle happening in the trails?
0: I think it does happen um, for sure Um, I think for me That is one of the main reasons why I did ice age and I know that seems kind of weird because ice age is 1200 miles but I was so tired from racing from the competition with other people and always feeling like someone's behind you, and you need to make sure you're getting this time, and just just the general pressure of competition. So I have felt that a little bit on the trail, which is why I shifted to let's do something totally off the wall, where I'm competing against myself and really just a clock, and that's it. Um, so that really that that feeling of being maybe a little exhausted from the sport led to Ice Age, and after Ice Age, I really gained an appreciation for taking breaks. A little bit more than what I had been doing um, where it's okay take three months six months you don't do a race or nine months and you don't do a race and that's okay
1: what do you think that was was that f- like a feeling of accomplishment afterwards or just like your body needing it and you coming to this like fruition of like well I mean I just did this I ran the entire ice age trail and
0: I think it's a little bit of both I think there was definitely that Okay, I did this. I'm taking some time off because of my accomplishment. But also, to my body was, was beaten up quite a bit. Um, I w- I, after Ice Age, I was not injured. Uh, the next day, like, we finished, uh, I think it was about 1 or 2 in the morning um, on a Sunday, September 30th. And that, you know, went to bed and woke up at 8 a.m. And we were all like, we need to go out and run. Like, this feels – it felt really weird to not be running. Um but I was, I was tired. I laid around for quite a while. Um, depression really sunk in where it was just like I just wanted to be out on the trail. I just wanted to be running and not, you know, you have to go back to work and groceries and dishes and cleaning and real life. Um, that it, it was a hard transition for probably a good five months, six months even, uh, to get back to just a, a state of happiness with um, running again. Uh, just life, the acceptance of you have to wake up and go to work, you know, things like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you literally for 21 days put everything into what you love. Yeah. And then it led to this like five month depression or just like slump. Yeah. That, yeah. That's crazy. That's something you love can drive you to do that.
0: Yeah. I, so I started doing some research on it and it's pretty common for, um, hikers to experience this, like through hikers when they Go maybe they're doing Ice Age or Appalachia or is it through hiker
1: where you do something long like, something really like long that. where
0: you're out there a long time okay um, so camping might be involved or maybe they do it uh, on a regular basis maybe it's retired people or maybe it's people who mm-hmm. just have the ability to to be out on a trail or in nature for long periods of time the reports have shown that they when they leave that situation they generally enter um, a depression um, from not being out in nature. Uh, and just the link between what being outside can do for all of us uh, versus you know our standard routine of I wake up and I go to work and then I have drive my kids here and there and do this or I have to eat dinner with my husband or wife and then I go to bed and repeat it again and again and
1: again. Yeah, when you repeat it, it's hard to get out of it or even think about you're in it. And then yeah. usually you're on vacation a weekend, a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Something where... You're not probably out of it too long, but you were literally out of it for 21 days. Plus, totally. you were doing something. You were putting your body through something that was completely insane. Yep. So
0: it was like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. It was, and I, you know, it was. It was hard at times, but like, um, really, I absolutely loved being out there. I loved what was going on. Um, and yeah, it certainly was hard that I wasn't smiling the whole time or anything like that. Like, uh, it probably had no its way. ups and downs. All <laughs> right, so let's
1: go back to the start. So yeah. you just, why did you decide to run the Ice Age Trail?
0: So uh, my husband and I were on uh, just a trail run, just a fun run in December of 2016 over Christmas break or around New Year's, right around there. And he was talking about his goals and he said at some point he's like oh you know it would be really cool to do all 1200 miles of the ice age trail and i just stopped and i was like that's a fantastic idea (laughs) and so you know you kind of are in that awkward place of like do i tell him how i really feel about this or do i kind of let him figure it out and so eventually he's like i think you know I'm not capable of doing it, so maybe you should do it because you're trained to do this longer stuff. And I said, well, I was hoping you would say that, you know, like, because, yeah, I really want to do this. I think it's a great idea. And so um, Jason Dorgan has the, uh, had the men's record. He currently has the men's record of 22 days and so many hours. And um, I contacted him. I'm like, hey, can you, you know, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. He did it in April, And I decided I would do it in May, and I would just mimic what he did, essentially. So I uh, first attempted in May 2017, and um, lo and behold, we had an awful winter up north. But I just assumed, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Ice Age Trail, so it'll be like running at Lampum or the Southern Kettles or Northern Kettles. Everything will be fine. Um, It'll be as beautiful as Holy Hill, let alone the whole... Uh, top half of the state is rugged trail running where you're climbing over trees. You've got bears and wolves and raspberry patches and a ton. At that time, there was so much water runoff from the snow, there was a ton of standing water which had that nice beautiful green scum on top of it. Uh, so I ended up getting it was on day nine. I stopped and I had a bacterial infection through my legs. Um, it was really gross, to be totally honest. That like, sounds nasty. It was gross. Yeah, like, like did you see? A, like,
1: was it like building up after a couple of days, or does it kind of just like hit you and it, you're like?
0: It was probably by day six, seven that I was the swelling started to happen, and then a discoloration started to form on my feet and uh, lower legs, like my around my ankles, mm-hmm. um, around day seven, and then by day nine, I. Barely got into my shoes. The swelling was so bad. Whoa. Um I, there's a PT up there who uh, I I know, and he was like, "Well, let's just try to like tape your legs to try to keep swelling." And it just it wasn't working. It was painful. Um, and I went to an urgent care facility in Anago, and the you know the the doctor who was on call that day was like, oh, you sprained your ankles. I'm like, no, I didn't sprain my ankles. I I played soccer for, you know, through college. Like, I know what sprained ankles are, and this is not sprained ankles. And he's like, yep, don't ever run again. Like, this is... (laughs)
1: Totally not helpful. No,
0: I got a bill for like $400 for a misdiagnosis. So I I ended up uh, calling my sister and, you know, had a really emotional, tearful conversation with her and basically decided like we need to pull the plug on this like how can I go another uh at at that point 800 miles Uh, actually even a little bit less than that but you know for how many more days like this isn't gonna I can't manage this so the whole car ride home just tearful and it was so upsetting and I go to my regular doctor and he's like he just literally just looked at it and he's like yeah you need a steroid and I'm like what are you talking about And he's like Just put this topical steroid on it. You have a bacterial infection. And within two, three days, everything was gone. It was unreal.
1: Do you think if you would have had that diagnosed correctly, you would have been able to keep going? (sighs) Or That's messed a great up. Because another three days would have probably thrown you off.
0: It would have totally thrown me off. And to... just the the water was not stopping. Yeah, I like, mean
1: it was only going to be more. And there waters. was only
0: going to be more. So I mean, it's in hindsight and just based on what happened last year, like I'm glad I stopped and it's over. Like the 2017 run was a good learning experience for us. Um, we did a better job in 2018 with planning. Uh, we chose a completely different time frame so we wouldn't have to deal with the snow snowmelt. So there, was, there were a lot of good decisions that came from it. But it was a whole year, over a year of kind of these bricks on my shoulders because yeah, the, I had this goal and didn't get it.
1: It wasn't just like, well, we'll do it in a couple of months. It was a year and a it half later. It was a long time. So were you, what did you do in that year and a half?
0: So in that year and a half, uh, so in I took June off um, in 2017. And in August 2018, I was running Leadville for a second time. So I did Leadville in 2018, and then I ended up doing, um, it was Leadville, and then I did a couple races down, like in, I did one in Georgia, and I did one out uh, west in Arizona, just shorter, one was, I want to say around a round of 50k, and the other one was a 46 miler. Um, ended up uh, placing at both of those, uh, doing really well at Leadville, but I was tired, I was exhausted. And, uh, you know, you put in your bid for the Western States lottery and find out in December. And again, I didn't get in. So now it's looking at 2018. What do we do? Um, uh, we had gotten into Boston and it was my husband's first time. So I was like, okay, well, we know we're doing Boston. He really wanted to do a race in Arizona. So I did the lesser of the, you know, it was like a, I think I did, it was a 55 K. Um, and he did the longer distance. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so I did that and then uh, the Kettle 100 in June 2018. So that's at the beginning of the month and then took the rest of June off, trained July and August and did Ice Age in September. So it was really um, kind of not a lot of racing. I mean, it was it's kind of a lot of racing, but not a, not a ton of big stuff. It was really just focusing on training, getting those big miles in, and then making the focus Ice Age for 2018. That's really all I did. <laughs> it's not a lot just a yeah, couple just a couple races <laughs> and the
1: smaller races of the few right so I mean you said you trained August July and August mm-hmm. I mean it, does it only take two months to train for that or are you training <laughs> that year and a half leading up to it is is yeah. the primer for it
0: I was probably without knowing training for ice age since 2015 without yeah. even knowing I was gonna do it um my coach from 2015 through 2018 was tommy rivers and he his whole idea is basically building of mileage Mm -hmm. uh speed comes but really it was who can outlast who uh in a race and that's something that i've always taken pride in is the longer the race is the more likely i'm going to be able to outlast a person um and it's just he really coached me on how to learn the the trail shuffle essentially as it's called yeah you can just keep going and going and going and speed can be in there um but where you're not doing a full beautiful running stride
1: yeah so what is like a training like a week of training of something like that look like
0: so i was doing mondays are off uh and then tuesday wednesday thursday friday were uh anywhere from two and a half to three hour workouts um, Does that it work workout in- mean running? Running and cross-training. Okay. So it would be a run uh, of 60 minutes to two hours or it would be maybe the run was three hours, but generally not, but usually mm-hmm. 60 to two. And then it would be cross-training anywhere from 80 minutes to maybe two hours depending on the run. So cross-training was always nine times out of 10 hiking uh, where I'd put a treadmill at 15% or I would be hiking on the trails or sometimes I would go biking Uh, strength training was in there as well two or three days a week Uh, but it was a lot of hiking with a vest uh, you know like a weight vest and then just slow easy running and then the weekends um, sometimes including friday uh, would go six to eight hours Uh, friday then would be a four and then six to eight saturday sunday so i was practicing oftentimes on weekends at scuppernong because the i could make the ski loop an hour and then i would stop eat something substantial keep going and I was able to practice nutrition that way um which is I mean pretty standard I mean it, I didn't leave an hour between eating but I was able to practice like a full meal you know I didn't just do gels on ice age or anything like that I was eating short ribs and avocados and soups and breads and everything you can think of I was eating
1: I mean you're I'm assuming that much running in a day yeah. you're consuming a ton of food and yeah you have to eat real foods constant. to get that
0: yeah it was it was all food groups, all times of the day, every half an hour or so when running, I was eating. Um, it was constant to the point where day twenty and and twenty one, um, I just wanted things that were like liquid like or mashed potatoes, shakes, things that I didn't have to chew. I was so sick of eating. That amount of food on a regular basis. Yeah.
1: So there's there's some videos out there, if you guys go check it out on YouTube, of people who filmed. And there was one part where you're like, I can't eat this food right now. I can't bring this down. And it's just so funny because it's like, you're probably so hungry. You're or hungry, like your body yeah. needs it, but you're just like yeah. so sick of it because you're art eating of so much. chewing,
0: it was like, I don't want to chew. It was unreal because, I mean, who doesn't like to eat, right? Exactly. Like, we love to eat. And as runners, we know we need to eat. Mm-hmm. But that, that act of eating was just like, oh my God, I don't want to.
1: So, uh, so you, 2017 wasn't what you wanted. You you did a lot in 2000, the rest of 2017, 18. Okay, so now you're back at the start of the ice age. You've already done like these 400 miles, so you know what to expect. Um, Did anything change like your mindset or why you're setting out to do it? I assume now there's some like trying to get the chip off your shoulder, like you want to go after this, but was there any other reasons of like i really want this or i want to accomplish this because of this now or
0: really it it, it, like heart of hearts it came down to when i set a goal not even a goal because i have a lot of goals and i try to make goals really crazy um but when i start something to to try to accomplish a goal i have to finish it and so for me that was really really important um Because I don't think it's fair, you know, a lot of people will start something and then I don't know if it's a loss of interest or it becomes too hard and so they don't finish it. And I think it's really important to show people that once you start something, it's important that you you see it through, that you follow through, whether it's, I mean, it could be something like learning an instrument Mm -hmm. or something like that where, you know, like... Whatever it is that that you started, I think it's important to finish it. And so when it comes to running, that was really important to me. I was like, this is this was totally for me to be able to, yeah, get the chip off my shoulder and say like, I set this goal, I really want to do it, and t- prove to myself that that I can accomplish this goal that I set out to do, whether I break a record or not. That's kind of a goal on top of the goal. Yeah. Uh, to just do it and do something totally different.
1: Cool. It's so crazy. I'm just like following the ice <laughs> age trail in my mind as you're talking and yeah. like, how did you do that? So you went, you did the first 400 miles already ish, right? Okay. So how was doing that again? Are you oh, like pretty confident. And now we're talking, <sighs> cause it's not May, and then, but it, you had to have some hot days. Oh, in yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we started September and I, I remember from doing it in 2017, what the trail was like. And I was so scared it was going to be like that again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't swear on a Bible that the 2017 400 miles and the 2018 400 miles that I did of northern Wisconsin was the same trail. It was totally different. There was no standing water, for one thing. Um, In September, there were trillions of frogs everywhere. Like, I mean, if I was going to fall... Or break something in my body, it was because I was trying to not step on a frog. No they were, way. They there's, were everywhere. There's was that many frogs. Yeah. That's it was unreal. I was dodging them left and right, probably till the middle of the state, like through Appleton area before getting even into the northern kettles, there were still frogs. And I saw probably two dozen snakes. Which is a lot. I've only seen, like, before Ice Age, i have only seen, like, one in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: that's, I would say that's a lot for yeah, Wisconsin.
0: That was a lot. And all different types, mostly garden snakes, but all different types. And then, um, any they, other
1: animals, like bigger animals up there?
0: Um, a porcupine, which was really, I don't know, I find a porcupine would be really cool. <laughs> that's cool. It is cool. <laughs> it is cool. Um, there were bear tracks, wolf tracks, uh did hear coyotes, didn't see one, tons of deer, lots of pheasants which I don't know what anyone's experiences with pheasants, but when they take off from the ground it sounds like a helicopter starting and they usually do it cuz they're very slow at like mm-hmm. so you're within like 5 feet of this helicopter taking off from That's the ground. That's kind of funny. Yeah, so you'd get really startled at times, but otherwise no other wildlife. I did have a bear bell on me. Um Parts of Ice Age, uh, especially Northern Wisconsin, there's uh, one section that is the most heavily occupied bear section, like where bear travel is really predominant. There you go through the uh, most inhabited wolf sections of the state, and then also there's where you can see the most number of porcupines. <laughs> Sweet. So that's Which another is the thing. best part, <laughs> right? But I, in the in the part where porcupines are most seen, I didn't see a porcupine. What the heck? I know I saw one. I don't even remember where it was, but it was further down in the state, and even maybe up and around. So, it was um it was really interesting. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of scary. uh Bears, wolves. I mean, we don't even down on our trails around here. We don't have that type of wildlife. Um, So I – one of the things going into 2018, I was like, hey, I want to find someone who can run with me or part of the day or just even just different sections who would be available to come out and run and be there with me because I can – spook myself out pretty good um, oh yeah, yeah well I,
1: mean. I feel like you're out there running 50-ish miles a day or whatever it is that yep. after time you kind of like
0: you get a little like a little, little loopy <laughs> yeah
1: or lost in yourself I don't know yeah. so how was that did you find people that would come out and run with you
0: yeah there was someone or or a few people miles were covered um every day except I think it was three days um
1: were those and, just rest days
0: nope nope i i carried on and what would happen is i would um start the trail my husband would go park um our vehicle it depended it could be four miles six miles eight miles away and then he would actually run in through the other side so i would be alone for a couple miles and then he would collide with me and then he would come out with me so we would do things like that which was which was helpful um I would put music on or podcasts at Mm. that point, and I always had one ear in and one ear out, so I could hear anything if something was around. Um, I didn't mind doing the road miles on my own, so sometimes you know that worked out that way. But the days that, uh, two days in particular that I can think of that were in northern Wisconsin where I didn't have anyone with me um, for a majority of the time, uh, were my hardest days where there were maybe more tears than there needed to be. Um, people that came out to, to be there were super helpful. And I don't know if they know it the way they should, but it was like, it was unreal the amount of um, just support that I got from people just by some, just showing up and running. It could have been a mile. Yeah. It was awesome.
1: That's so cool. So yeah. Jason, who holds the mail record still, who yep. record you beat, he yep. actually ran with you, right? Yeah, he For ran with me some on, of it.
0: I think it was day 20, Cool. Yeah, it was day so twenty. So towards the end. Towards the end, he came out. It was like an hour, eighty minutes, and I remember, um, we were running, and he's like, God, I remember doing this stretch, and we were, we were on an incline. You could call it a hill, um, you know, a standard Wisconsin road hill, and he's like, Annie, when I did the, I had to walk at this point. I'm like, I feel really good. Like I, I was running things that, um, he was thought was crazy that I was running. Uh, but when you look at Jason, he's probably six, three, um, and for every, you know, step that he takes, I'm probably taking three. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, um, he can cover a lot more ground through hiking mm. and walking than, than I probably could. So it's funny, uh, seeing us together because he's so much taller than I am.
1: That's funny. <laughs> yeah. What were some of the biggest challenges through the, through the race?
0: Um, the probably the biggest challenges was what what I mentioned earlier, just with Groundhog's Day, um, that it it, I mean you watch the movie and it, obviously it's a comical movie, but you don't ever think that that's a possibility. Um, it was unreal how much it was like Groundhog's Groundhog's Day, where literally the clock goes off at the same time for 21 days, you eat the same breakfast, you go through the same routine. The only thing that changed was the trail or the you know the route that I'm doing. But it was clockwork that was happening. And it was one of those things that only became hard because you you, you kind of go a little batty with the same routine all the time. And then kind of feeling like the next day is going to, okay, it's just going to be exactly the same. How can I change it? And there was no way that you could actually change what you were doing. You had to keep it going.
1: Yeah, I suppose small things like music or talking. If someone was with you. you yeah, could, new
0: person.
1: But. That's probably it.
0: Change whatever type of cereal I was eating in the morning. (laughs) But really, there was not a way to actually change or break that pattern until it was over. And then, then, like I mentioned before, then it was really weird. I wanted the pattern back. Um, So it was was kind of a love-hate.
1: Yeah, that's situation. kind of how humans, it's kind of how we are. It's like, <laughs> you want what you can't have, and then when you have it, you want what you had. It's, it's... Oh, yeah. So how were the last couple days, like, going in and knowing it was in sight, and you are probably going to break the record, and you were feeling good, it sounds like?
0: Yeah, so funny story, which um, is actually mentioned. My husband wrote a book about this, and it's actually in the book. Um, so at the time when Ice Age was going on, I didn't know it, but he actually miscalculated my time and he was in his mind he's like oh man i she's gonna be she's gonna be off of jason's record and he actually recruited uh, one of his friends to go back and calculate how many days and so we were on uh day 21 on a calendar but my husband was not calculating day 21 as you get 24 hours of day 21 does that make sense like day 21 is like you get the full yeah the full time until midnight
1: he was saying it was kind of dumb yeah he was like by day. calendar
0: day like oh it's the 20 oh that's day.
1: so confusing if right. you've been doing it for like two weeks straight <laughs> and then you've realized right.
0: that right Whoa. so he didn't realize that we were actually gonna break the record until we were probably in Manitowoc so there's 80 miles left and he you know a couple of my friends were there who were running with me and they're like Brian, you're not calculating that right. Like,
1: So did you at this time know, did he relay this to you? He that then you related gonna, to well, me. I mean, but did like, you know you were off at this no, point? No, I, I
0: was not even trying to think about it. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I was doing one foot in front of the other, finish, yeah. get it done. At that point, I wasn't even processing what Jason's record was. Got I wasn't it. even keeping, I couldn't even go there. So he then told me, he's like, I have some really good news. And we had about 85 miles left or so right in there. And I'm like... Okay, what is it? You know, and he tell, and I was just like, oh my god, this is great. So we ended up going through the night. Um, so the last day, day and a half, two days, were really special. A lot of people were there. Uh, a lot of people that had traveled to either run or to just be a part of it, and they kind of took their car and traveled along. Um, it's a lot of road miles or rail trail. So it's that, pay like, kind of grassy dirt, just flat trail that um you know it was an old railroad essentially Mm -hmm. so it's really kind of boring yeah uh in nature so it's very (laughs) non-climactic to finish um and then it clicked like oh we're going through the night we're going to finish around one two in the morning midnight maybe and uh chris heinrichs uh who's affiliated with badgerlands rider she's pretty uh pretty well known in the community she She looked at me and she's like, Annie, Pottawatomie State Park closes at nine o'clock. And that's where you have to finish, where Ice Age Trail ends. And I'm like, oh, my God. So we she actually made a call to the ranger at Pottawatomie State Park and said, hey, we've got this going on. Can we can she still enter the park or do we have to wait for the next day? And um, they said she can enter. Just make sure everyone's quiet because there's campers and everything going on and um And it was, I mean, there was, you know, a caravan of 15 people, like it wasn't, you know, a hundred people that were following along. So we were able to finish, they let us in, um, let me finish in the park. And uh, it was really, really cool. Uh, the sad part is the, the guys that I were run, that I was running with and myself, our headlamps burnt out.
1: <laughs> How? So
0: I was like, oh my God. How uh, far out were you? We had, it was like a mile, two miles. Like, oh,
1: so it was like right at the end. It was like right
0: at the end. And so the guy who was doing the video had a little flashlight. And so he gave that to us. And But the thing about Pottawatomie State Park, that section of the trail is three miles and it's super challenging. It's rocks and roots. And so it was like, oh my God, of course. (laughs) So it took a long time, but we eventually got there.
1: (laughs) That's so funny. So, how was it? So, what is the finish line? I mean, what is the end? It's a rock.
0: It is a rock with a plaque on it that says, you have, it's something like you've um, made it to the western terminus and it goes through you know information about the western side of the ice age trail and about Mm -hmm. ice age so it's literally this very large rock that is situated just kind of in the middle of um the top of potawatomi state park where they've got some campgrounds and a parking area so like we get up there and there's cars around i'm like i don't know where to go (laughs) like and so it kind of wove between cars and there was the rock and just touched it. And it was really non-climactic. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was going to say, so what, whoa, that was, and everyone was already there waiting for you? Yeah, Did they you beat were there, there waiting.
0: And uh, me and then the two runners that were there with me, uh, my friend Kevin and uh, Ryan, they finished with me and everyone else, my family and a couple friends and other runners that were there. Um, my husband, uh, they were there just waiting, you know, around the rock kind of. <laughs> and I just kind of got to the rock and was like now what do I turn around do I go back do I like we're turning this around (laughs) yeah like what do we do it was it was really really bizarre
1: so a lot of times when runners are running races they visualize visualize the finish yeah so you had 21 days to like think of that what yeah what was to me it would be like if I'm thinking about this. Be like during the middle of the day, there'd be sunlight. I mean, you're at night, your lights out. You know, like <laughs> there like black. a bunch of cars you're running between. What was the finish line like for you when in you my, were starting?
0: Yeah, in my head, like the so I started at the eastern terminus, and it's another rock with a plaque on it. So like it was a very non climactic start as well, because it was just me and my husband, and it. I knew it was going to be a rock, but I guess I I didn't I envisioned it to be. Similar to like, if you're familiar with Disney's Sword in the Stone, when he like pulls the sword out and it's like lights are coming (laughs) off of this rock or this stone. Mm -hmm. I envisioned it that way where it was... You know, like yeah, like a sunny situation. There's people around. There's people hiking, and so now there's this excitement building. And there aren't any cars because why would there be cars? Yeah, uh, you know, there's no why cars in my head why are there cars. Why yeah. is it by the cars? There would be a lot of grass and you know this like beautiful green space. <laughs> it just was not anything like that. I could honestly, I don't even know what is around there because it was so pitch black.
1: Yeah, I feel. What was like your first feeling? I feel like you just said relief, joy
0: total joy. It was, uh, I, I couldn't even bring myself to tears. Like I was just like, so it, it was really surreal. It was just this moment of like, like relief. It mm. was, I, I couldn't stop smiling, but I wasn't like, I was so happy that I was tearful. I, I was cold. I was, you know, kind of like, where are we going to sleep tonight? We don't have a room booked. So I was worried about that. was <laughs> just yeah, this like cool. flood of emotion coming at me.
1: So you're always so focused on like your next move, the next oh, yeah. day, and there was no. There really at this point it was no.
0: There was none. It was it was, where to
1: eat? What did you do? Like, well, like it's one o'clock in the morning. Nothing's open. Nothing's you open. guys like just go somewhere, and we
0: started driving um, home. We made it. So from Door, Door County, I think it's like four hours mm-hmm. back to Milwaukee area. So we made it two, and then my husband's like, I can't drive anymore. So we we pulled into like a gas station area, and he's like, I'm just gonna sleep for like 15 minutes. Well, like. You know two hours pass and i'm sitting there awake like but my legs were in no pl- like i did not want to drive like i was in yeah. no shape to be functioning be- be below my waist and so um i just let him sleep his daughter was sleeping and finally i woke him up i'm like i'm in so much pain from just sitting here like we gotta do something <laughs> so we drove we got home at six in the morning uh, back to Milwaukee I fell asleep for two hours I I venture to guess I did sleep in the van a little bit but uh went to sleep at eight o'clock in the morning uh, my husband had already been up he actually didn't go back to sleep when we got home and um he you know I woke up I put on cartoons and because that's what else would you do on a Sunday morning Watch yes cartoons mm-hmm. um and he's like do you want something to eat and I'm like this is so weird like It's 8 a.m. We should be out running for an hour already. Like it felt so weird late in bed. And so he's like, do you have any requests? And I said, well, actually, you know, George Webb's, which is like now it's closed, actually. But it was it's down the road from us. I was like, why don't you just I wouldn't mind some George Webb's some greasy eggs and hash browns and toast that has a ton of butter on it. And that sounds wonderful. And so I ate that laying in bed and just spent the whole day just chilling out. It was so weird. So weird. I had the whole next week off. Um, I actually had quit my job and had taken another job, so I still had some time off, and it was it was great. I just I slept and I slept and I slept. <laughs> it was unreal.
1: That sounds incredible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just lounging around and recovering. How yeah. long did it take you to recover?
0: Um, I would say so. My first recovery day then was you know September thirtieth, uh, October first, right in there. I would say I ran maybe for 10 minutes I want to say about three weeks later um, just to kind of see what it felt like where my legs were at Um, my first real run back where I started training again again was after the new year and even then psychologically I was I was still tired physically running was hard Um, so between October and January I did work out I mean I did some strength stuff um, I would hike. I just kind of did whatever I felt like, but it was mostly resting.
1: Yeah. Did you feel like the urge to run, or that like an obligation to run, or was that okay that you were? No, that you took some time off, or what? I
0: wanted some time off. Yeah. I was really looking forward to not having to be accountable to anything related to running. Is it hard to not go for a run? Yeah, because it's just part of who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also know that if you let that get the best of you, you're going to be injured or you're going to overtrain or you're not going to have that desire to go race something else. You know, like it just, um, and it was important to me to go and look at 2019 with, like, I want to do things in 2019. I don't want to just recover for a year and a half just for the sake of going out and doing five to ten mile training runs. Like, that mm. was not important to me.
1: Yeah. So when did it, like, sink in that you accomplished the Ice Age Trail? Like, right away? Did it come oh, to you a few weeks later? That's I mean, a I'm good. sure there was some, like, downtime where you were just kind of decompressing. but
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it took a little bit. Like, it was like, I know I did this. But what did I just do? Like, what just happened? And I would say it was probably not until, oh, November, December, when, you know, you're putting in for states and you're like, wow, I only have states qualifier back from June because of what I was doing in the fall was like, you know, so incredible, but not a states anything. You know, it just, it started to click as I started to think about running for 2019 and what that was going to look like. And you look back on your year and you're like, Whoa! What just happened here? Like, I didn't really do much, but like what I did individually was really a cool thing.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's it not like while. it was a race, or anyone else no. can relate to it. It's, I mean, you look, you you start googling it, and it's like, "Fox, you're in the local news. You're <laughs> yeah. getting, you're on all these podcasts. You know, you're there's articles being written about you. There's, I mean, it's pretty cool to like. For me, when I when I see that, it's like, well, that's like. That's yeah. really cool. That like yeah. it had to feel a little cool when you it, saw that. It
0: was, and it's it's more like I had, I was doing Ice Age for myself. Like I will humbly admit that my goal to complete Ice Age was it was for me. It was it was not to prove a point. It wasn't to for anyone other than me. And what ended up actually happening, yeah, I've done podcasts. I've been on NPR and ESPN and like. All of those things, which, again, it is a me focus, but the coolest thing that came out of it was the impact that it had on 8- to 12-year-old girls. I've done more talks in the state of Wisconsin to um, to that age group, uh, mostly girls, but then some boys are in there as well, different running groups or classes
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, in all different parts of the state. And it's it's so cool, the inspiration that this led to for a young population of people that are just starting to run there. You know, you've got um, that age group is maybe just getting into it, whether it's in middle school or their parents are doing it. So they're doing, you know, some fun runs with them. And I never in my wildest dreams thought I would inspire a young population just through my own selfish goals. And so that's been probably the coolest thing that's come out of all of this. And And that makes me really proud to have done it.
1: That's super cool. Yeah. I mean, you said it before, you hope that one of those third yeah. graders that <laughs> girls on the run will beat that record someday. And yeah. that's so cool and that's what that's what you were able to pave the path for. Yeah. So has that led to anything else for you? Like inspired you now to do anything different or like well, what's what's next? I well, mean, it's been a year.
0: Yeah. So, um, my my goals for 2019 then became obviously as as some people may have read in the book or will read in the book, which like,
1: plug for the book. So let's talk about that oh, real quick. Yeah, so your yeah. husband, who is like your biggest supporter yeah. through all of this, wrote a book.
0: Yep,
1: a little bit about that quick.
0: Yeah, so it's called "See You at the Terminus." Um, it, my husband's name is Brian Frayne, and he loves to write. He um, probably should have made writing a career for himself. Um, But we all know how that goes when we're in our 20s making poor decisions and just not sure (laughs) what to do with ourselves. And so by the time we're in our 30s, uh, nearing 40, it's one of those like, well, can I really change what I'm doing now? So he just works in the finance world and writes on the side. Uh, So he's got a blog um, called The Running Wanderer, and um, that's where he blogs all of our travel that's where he blogs about his own personal stuff uh, with running. And so what he did is he took all the blogs, 21 blogs that he wrote about Ice Age, and he basically fleshed it out into the actual story. Because what was missing in the blogs was a lot. Um, he didn't. I was reading the blogs, so he didn't want to put his actual heartfelt thoughts into his blogs or things that maybe were affecting him because he knew I was reading it. And I'm a, I'm a caretaker. I'm a people pleaser. And if he's upset about something now, it's like, Oh my God, I can't believe what I'm doing is affecting you to this degree. So uh, he wrote a book from his perspective about uh, really his experience through my experience of the ice age trail uh, for all 21 days. So there's there like, I've read it um, and on the same two pages, you will laugh, you will cry, you will be upset, <laughs> you will go through this whole whirlwind of emotions. So it's, it's a cool book, and um, it's inspiring. I mean, it even was kind of like, even when I read it, I was like, wow, this is, like, if, if this were anyone else, I'd be like, this is so cool. I want to go to the Ice Age Trail. I want to do that. So he did a really great job on it.
1: That's awesome. And yeah. Where can you find the book?
0: Okay, it is, uh, you can personally... Uh, direct message me or him on Instagram or Facebook. Um, Or you can find it on Amazon. And if you direct message us, we'll send you a copy uh, because we usually have some at our house and we'll just mail you one or we can send it somewhere. And then uh, if you don't like that, you can get it on Amazon. Um, Just search See You at the Terminus.
1: Cool. All right. You guys go check out that book. Now back to our programming. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. So so, I think we were talking 2019 where kind of this all is leading you to.
0: Yeah. So uh, after Ice Age, uh, one of my friends uh, who came out to run, Brad, he kind of really offhandedly said on the trail, it was around day 18, 19. He's like, hey, you know, this would get you into bad water. And I kind of was like, oh, my God, you're probably right. Like it was almost like that moment where it was like challenge accepted. And um, so I thought about it and I was like, well, he kind of challenged me to do Badwater and I think it's a good idea, but I'm, I am not a hot bodied runner. I don't like to run in the heat. I never have and I've never <laughs> done re- really well at it. So I thought to myself, like, I can't just go and think I'm going to finish Badwater with this idea that I was challenged to do it and therefore we'll will be able to finish. Like I need to have some sort of personal goal attached to it. And so I thought long and hard about it before um, putting an application in to do it. And I said, you know, it would actually be really good if I did Badwater because I need to prove to myself that I can run in the heat. And that was because it was that that was the challenge for me was actually getting through 120 degrees for 135 miles. And um, it was it was mind blowing. Like I went out to run Badwater and the heat was not an issue at all. Like everything that I did was sauna training and just preparing that way. I was like, "Hey, I I mastered running in the heat." And actually, it's become more enjoyable. And um, I'll go outside when it's eighty degrees now. Like this summer, I was out running outside versus now. I'd rather I'd rather be outside when it's ninety. <laughs> so, That's
1: crazy. Prepar- total shift. Preparation. Preparation.
0: Yeah. It was unreal i was in the sauna my longest time in the sauna was up to 90 minutes what yeah
1: that's probably not doctor recommended no
0: no i was going through but
1: um probably bad water is probably not doctor, <laughs> doctor recommended either we have to sign a waiver to do bad water
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was drinking like two liters in that 90 minutes and i was eating when i was in there um, yeah like it, it, I, it was a lot of self-care
1: so when you were out there on the run he was wasn't a thing and
0: drinking yeah it was like i was wearing um basically you're in an all white it, people envision like the suits but no i was in regular socks i didn't have to change my shoes i wore the same shoes the whole time oh really yeah i didn't my shoes didn't melt or anything like that
1: i was just thinking like so much sweat that it was yeah, just like yeah that's gross. true they did
0: get a little wet so i did change my socks yeah, occasionally okay. but um, i had special arm sleeves that when they are wet they cool Essentially, um, they're UV protected and everything and yeah. then a certain visor and that you could put ice into it um, and just special equipment that way. Mm-hmm. But you essentially are like soaking wet the entire time. Yeah. Like you're constantly your team is spraying you with water or sponging water onto you um, for literally the whole time. It was unreal. And the, the coolest it gets, I think think the coolest it got was like upper 80s low 90s which Sick. actually like felt cool like when you were out yeah, there Yeah, when you're out
1: there it feels great. Probably.
0: Yeah. Uh but here that I mean just to compare it and it's not humid, it's dry, so you know, totally different climate. But um I am But
1: just breathing yeah. I mean, just running in that yes. heat gets to you, even yes. if it's not humid.
0: Yeah. Breathing uh, out there was as if you were in a sauna. Yeah. And then it's to, to compare like, and and this goes for probably mostly girls, but some guys too, um, take a blow dryer and just hold it on your face. That's what it felt like running. It went because there was a slight breeze coming at you. Mm-hmm. So a breeze in 120 degree heat, that's, it feels like a blow dryer on you. It, not not like if you hold it up real close, but if you yeah, you know yeah, you keep it like concept. as if you blow drying your hair, it was so hot. But I really prepared for it and overcame that fear about running in heat. So, um, so that was really cool. And then uh, six weeks later, which I didn't I don't normally keep races that close together. Um, I got into CCC, which is a hundred kilometer race uh, at the UTMB race site. Um, so I had to. Basically go up and over six different mountains, which was a great challenge. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, just the ice age to Badwater to to CCC is insanely different terrains, oh, yeah. climates. Boy, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. So like between Badwater, just, I mean, to be totally honest, it wrecked my body. Like it, it was, I had to recover. I took, uh, there were six weeks between Badwater and CCC. And for two of those weeks, I wasn't doing anything and then I started. I I ran maybe two to three days a week for the last four weeks, and then I was just hiking with a weight vest because I knew I was gonna have to climb six mountains that I needed to be able to hike. Practice with my poles and really just be prepared for for mountains mm-hmm. um, and and strengthen my legs that way. I, I coming off of Badwater with a race six weeks later, you're not gonna lose your fitness. You can run like that's not gonna be the issue. The distance won't be the issue. Sixty miles. You can mentally say, "Oh, I just did 135. I can do 60." So it was really preparing for the the terrain of a mountain and hiking constantly.
1: Yeah, it was unreal. crazy. So how Sue, <laughs> so you were saying after the ice age, you know, you went through kind of like just a depression state for a little while. Mm-hmm. Did that kind Did that go away once you started picking up running again and kind of figuring out your plan for this year? What Yeah, what you did? I would.
0: I would say, so I was actually scheduled to run the Ultra Race of Champ- Champions in May of 2019, and I did not show up for that race because I was still struggling. So it was probably, I want to say, June, beginning of June, middle June, when I was, I was still training for Badwater and I had already started, um, that really that lifted and I was starting to get excited again to race i was excited to be in the world of running while also having your realistic life of work and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so it it took a good for sure six months to really where i was just so far deep into it and then a couple months to just kind of slowly climb my way out um, as i was starting to build for bad water because once you're in bad water um, you're in and like, there was no way I was going to bail on that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, you don't, you don't get in every, like it's a hundred people get in and, um, you have to apply and it's, you have to write essays and it's this whole, it's <laughs> this like whole a long deal. College application
1: process yeah. or a scholarship <laughs> process just to run.
0: Exactly. Crazy.
1: <laughs> That's so cool. All right. This was a great conversation. We're going to have to have you back because you have a yeah. lot of um, knowledge on the nutrition world.
0: Yeah, for sure. So um, I work as a registered dietitian and work with a lot of athletes in the area, um, whether it's someone training for a 5K, 10K half marathon or a full marathon, or maybe they're ultra runners. Um, I do a lot of nutrition work with people.
1: So we'll send you, if you have any questions, you can reach out to Annie. Yeah. We'll have her back either for another episode or a short segment, because I want to touch on this topic because yeah. it, everyone has it, whether it's a half marathon, five Ks. I mean, ultras are a different thing. You're out there eating shakes and yeah. <laughs> and cheeseburgers. <laughs> <Max> so <Shadows. laughs> it sounds like I need to switch what I'm doing and move from road yeah, running right? to ultra running. Um, no, but it's key. And I think uh, that would be a lot of fun. But before we go, we always do our Cream City Pacers rapid-fire questions. All
0: right, all right.
1: Are you ready for them? I hope so. All right, let me find them. Uh, scroll, 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 scroll. Okay, so what shoes are you running in now, and would you buy them again?
0: My current sho- my current running shoes? Yes. I run in ultra-running Olympus uh, shoes, so they are a hybrid. Uh, most people are intimidated by them because they've got the nice big sole. Uh, but I run on the roads and the trails with them, and I absolutely love them.
1: And so, you actually ran the entire Ice Age trail in that.
0: I did. I did. Ultras I, are
1: great. I yeah. love the toe box.
0: Yes, me, You're me like, too. toesies uh, are the free in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your favorite route to run in Milwaukee?
0: Oh, man. So, being a creature of habit, uh, from my house, I uh, take Lisbon down to the parkway, the Menominee River Parkway. And I run the parkway, and I turn around and come back. It is not climactic at all.
1: (laughs) That's still a beautiful route, though. Yeah,
0: I used to, though, one of my favorite routes that I really need to do more often is coming down to Lake Park Bistro, parking there. They've got bathrooms. And then taking Oak Leaf all the way down and around, and you can make it, like, past... Around the lake to Summerfest and back, it's like a nice 10-mile route.
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful route.
0: Yeah, it's one of my favorites.
1: Do that a ton. All right, if you could bring one person to Milwaukee to run with you, who would it be?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um, To run in Milwaukee with me, I would probably bring, oh, honestly, and I think he's been here before, but one of my all-time favorites is Meb. I would have Meb come and run in Milwaukee for sure with me.
1: <laughs> okay. Would you have him run the lakefront route or uh, your Menominee Parkway? Oh, lakefront route? for sure. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think I would want him to see that other part. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> would Shoma- take him to the lake. <laughs>
1: all right. All right. I like it. Okay. What's your favorite Milwaukee race?
0: Favorite Milwaukee race. Oh man. That's a good one. You know, honestly, I just volunteered again at lakefront this year and I really got the itch. Um, I love the lakefront marathon, um i think they do a really nice job and i really like the course so the first thing that hits my head is the lakefront marathon um but there are so many good ones probably ice age would be a close second cool if i had to pick a trail one
1: i like it a little bit of both yeah what did you volunteer what'd you do
0: um i uh my husband coaches cross country at brookfield east
1: were you guys at the Brookfield East so, Water Stop?
0: Yeah, we were the Brook East Water Stop. Cool. So it was like mile like 24, something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Love the water stops. Oh, They're yeah. always so fun to be at. <laughs> All right, what is your favorite running accessory?
0: Favorite running accessory um honestly is my Nathan pack. So I use uh the the Vapor Mag, which is it's a really light vest. Like people would probably think it's just like a a little part of your shirt. Like it it only holds maybe 24 ounces total of water. Um, But I will, on my short runs, sometimes I'll just put that on and it's a good place to throw my cell phone or ChapStick or whatever because I don't like things in my pockets Mm -hmm. uh, if I have pockets. So that is probably one of my favorite running accessories.
1: Nice. All right. Favorite pre-race pump-up song? (laughs)
0: Um, The – oh, God. Um, Okay, this (laughs) – Let's see, there is there's quite a few. Um, I would have to say favorite pre-race pump-up song would be, um, on my Spotify. I, I it's actually called Bad Water. It's the mix that I made, and on there is a bunch of '90s dance music. So I I'm not sure I could say one, but it's got things like Ace of Base on there, Spice Girl, Nice, <laughs> Backstreet Boys. Uh, so there isn't really one, but I will put that mix on, and that's that's my go-to. Even when racing.
1: I love those mixes. Yeah, the
0: 90s. <laughs> I usually do
1: a 90s hits my playlist once a week, so yeah. <laughs> I love that. All right. Um, some upcoming races or goals for 2020.
0: So 2020, um, it depends on if I get into Western States. I'm on year five uh, with tickets, so we'll see. But at the off chance, I'm not doing that. Uh, right now, I'm scheduled to run the Disney races in January. So I'm getting back into some road running. I am maybe thinking about lakefront uh, to break three hours in the marathon. And I'm also thinking about, um, Big's backyard, which is you, you go until you can't anymore. So, um, the actual winner this last, it was yesterday, um, did 250 miles in three days. So, uh, yeah, so thinking about some distance, I'm also thinking about doing the Fastest Known Time on the Arizona Trail, which is 800 miles. So there's a a lot of ideas floating. Yeah, you got a lot of ideas floating, road racing. I know, I've got the itch to do some roads again, but I also like doing the distance. I do want to do Badwater again uh, and try to improve my time now knowing what I know. So that's out there, too. So there's a lot out there, but right now what's on the schedule is just Disney in January.
1: One race at a time, or races, I guess, at this (laughs) (laughs) point. Yep. All right. One piece of advice you'd like to pass on to new runners.
0: To new runners, um, the best advice, I think, for a new runner is that it's going to be hard. Running is, uh, when I first started running, I I couldn't. I mean, a a 13-minute mile was really hard. Um, And to not necessarily see it as a punishment To run, but to see it as a challenge and that you can only improve from there. Because I think oftentimes, um, new runners, and I think I see this a lot in in kids and high schoolers and even college age, where you go out for a run and it's challenging and you're like, oh man, that hurts, or this hurts, or my lungs, or my breathing, or, and we kind of just give up on it. And um, I went from nothing to something with running. And I think, you know, you don't have to absolutely love running, but it is something that I think you do fall in love with once you find the distance or the terrain or the group that, that really brings it to life. So just remember, new runners, running is hard and it, it, it will be hard. Um, it does get easier, but sometimes it, that, that's part of the fun is it adds a challenge for us.
1: That's great advice. Always up for the challenge. All right, Annie, thank you so much. Before you go, where can we find you?
0: You can find me, um, mostly on Instagram, um, at, uh, my handle is, um, Annie underscore Weiss. Uh, Annie is A-N-I on Instagram though. And then you can also feel free to Facebook me. A lot of people are like to Facebook me and ask me a lot of questions, whether it's um, about running or whatever, if or you're doing something.
1: Facebooking you, ask you, asking you if you want to come on the yeah, show. Yeah,
0: on a podcast. That's cool. There we go.
1: <laughs> cool. Well, everyone go follow Annie and see what she's up to in 2020.
0: Sweet. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thanks, Annie.